Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. This is the Keto Savage Podcast, and I am your host, Robert Orion Sykes. We have special guest Mike Milakovic on the show today. Mike is an Olympic hopeful. He's a strength and conditioning coach. He's trained with numerous Olympic athletes. We dive into details about injury prevention, lifting heavy weights, the art of manliness, starting a health food business uh, called Culture Superfoods, in which he basically perfected the art of dehydrating kale. So if you're interested in the art of dehydration, this is going to be an interesting episode for you. Talked about how to stay motivated in life and doing what you love. So sit back, relax, and listen to this great podcast with Mike. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have special guest Mike Milakovic on the podcast today. How's it going, Mike? I'm great, man. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. So, Mike, tell us about yourself. How do, how do uh, you fit into the whole keto scene here? Oh, man. Uh, how far do you want to go back? Um, <laughs> From the beginning, uh, man. Let's start fresh. <laughs> uh, so, basically, um, like, we want to go way back. Like, I was I was a typical fat kid growing up, overweight. Um you know, it wasn't until I got involved into sports that I started, you know, getting, uh, learning about a healthy lifestyle and, um, you know, I started getting really, uh, into the, the strength training and nutrition aspect of it, uh, ended up earning a college scholarship. I played both football, uh, and track and field at, at Ball State University. Um, I, my last two years, I, I just did track and field. I was a, a hammer thrower, um, I won conference as a two-time team MVP, uh, provisional qualifier for the NCA, and decided after that that I wanted to pursue my dream of, of becoming an Olympic athlete for the United States. And uh, so I moved out to California from Indiana. Uh, got a coach from Sweden, um, who's a three-time Olympian, uh, Swedish record holder to this day still uh, in the hammer throw event. And um, man, I got to live over in Europe for a year. I got to train with the uh, Hungarian national team. Um, you know, world record holders, uh, Olympic medalists. Um, it was it was a great great experience. Um, you know, chasing my Olympic dream. Unfortunately, like it, it never worked out for me. But um, you know, I took a lot of that information that I got throughout the years, and you know, training and coaching, and um, went on to become a successful strength coach myself. I was a coaching assistant at Arizona State University. Uh, worked a lot with the football team there, track and field. Um, I worked with uh, EK Performance in Scottsdale, got to train a bunch of NFL athletes. A lot of the Arizona Cardinals came through there. Um, we did a lot of the NFL combine prep for um, – we had a lot of Alabama athletes that came through there. Um, so we did like a 12-week combine prep program. Um, and really that's, that's when the nutrition started to change for me. Um, the guy that I worked for, Chad EK um, – was Charles Poliquin's right-hand man. So he was doing a lot of the paleo stuff even before it was paleo, just based off of his research, like all the athletes that we had coming through there. um, They were on a pretty low-carb diet, um, you know, and and it was all paleo-based, and and that's really what started to pique my interest in it. Um, I think I did my very first ketosis diet like in 2003 or 2002, maybe something like that, and it was just, it was awful. It was just like a low-carb diet with no healthy fats in there, and I was just yeah. miserable like all the time. Yeah, um, man, that's a big mistake a lot of people make. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, 
kind of coming back to, um, you know, working with EK and those guys, I, I ended up taking a coaching job up at Portland uh, with Concordia University. I uh, just felt like coming back into track and field was kind of like my, uh, it was my passion in life. And uh, I got to coach a bunch of All-Americans. I think it was, I had six All-Americans or eight All-Americans, uh, four national champions um, at, a, at, at the NAI level. So, um, coaching's, you know, coaching and training has just been in my blood forever. Um, and I gave the Olympics one more shot in 2012, was injured most of the time, but, um, you know, it was, it was a good experience for me. I had a good run about 10 years of trying to become an Olympic athlete. So, um, what makes you uh, gravitate towards like the strength, uh, strength coach and like, um, powerlifting side of things as opposed to, you know, some of the other sports out there? Um, I think just because of like my body type. Uh, I'm a pretty, you know, pretty big dude. So my original Olympic dream was to be a downhill skier, you know, living in Indiana and, you know, yeah. being a big kid, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit harder. But I mean, I was always natural, really strong. I could bench, I think 300 pounds when I was like 14 years old. Um, what, what are your stats now? You told them to me the other day, just go ahead and tell those to me. Yeah. Uh, my lifetime personal bests, um, 655 in the squat and that's a full, full, uh, astagrass squat. Um, just over 400 pounds in the power clean and just over 300 pounds in the snatch. Um, so, and I benched, I think just over like, I think around 415 when I was in college. Did so you I deadlift been, or was that one of the primary? Oh yeah. You know, I, I did deadlift once. Um, my, my, co my, my first coach, uh, John Smith, uh, his wife was a four time Olympian in the shot and discus. She's the head coach at Ole Miss university now. And she's the, um, Olympic women's team coach, um, Connie Price Smith. Um, so that was my first, I mean, I, I grew up as a, you know, like 13, 14 year old working with Olympic coaches. So I was pretty lucky from, from that aspect, but there was one day in college where he wanted me to, to kind of give the power lifters in our gym a run for their money. Cause I never did deadlifts, you know, like it was just, you know, we did clean squats, you know, just a lot of, uh, it was a lot of Olympic lifting. Right. Um, and he's like, well, you know, Mike can power clean 400 pounds. So I bet he could deadlift you, and all these guys were like, "There's no way." So, Power I think I got 400 a... <laughs> pounds is unreal, man. <laughs> I was probably like 250ish at that point, um, and it, my technique was horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, it was all just you know how how fast we can you know how explosive we can move the weight and right. split catch. It was it was it was awful. But so I think uh, I think I got up to like 650ish in the deadlift uh, with like no belt, no straps, no nothing, and was kind of like, all right, that, I had enough of it for that day. But that was like the only time I actually like really truly maxed out on a deadlift. So that's crazy, man. That's impressive. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, so I, I mean, just you know, strength training is always. I mean, my dad was a football coach, so it's always been in my blood, um, and I just always gravitated towards it. Like I've, I've, I've always loved Olympic lifting. In fact, I just started getting back into it. Um, I want to do an Olympic lifting competition this summer, or not this summer, but sometime in 2017. Um, and like I took about four years off after 2012 from like pretty much any kind of training just because my body was burned out and then I started my own health food business and I just didn't have time anymore. But kind of coming back into it, like for like the past year, my interest, uh, I met this lady uh, at an expo about a year ago who was, who was a promoter for uh, Prove It. Um, mm -hmm. And like I've always been interested in ketogenic. I, I think it's just an amazing thing. Um, and 
you know, I tried the supplement. I thought it was great. Um, didn't really think much about that, but it really kind of got my interest back into, into ketosis. And I just started like reading all the new research that's been coming about. And so basically like coming back into training myself, um, like I'm going to start a, a 90 day kind of quote, like transformation program. That's all going to be uh, keto based. Um, what, so, what's the start date for that? You have like a day picked out. Um, it's supposed to be like a month ago, but <laughs> so it's a late, uh, <laughs> late start to nine day challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm, we're actually moving into a, a, a new place on the first. Um, so I think once we get settled in, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get rolling with it next week. Um, I did start training a little bit again recently here. It's just, there's too much stuff going on right right now to, to kind of really focus on it 100%. But um, after we get moved in our new place and um, and that gets settled in, then, then I'm going to hit it for 90 days hard. And, um, you know, because I, I think the whole thing with like, you know, the there's always this misconception with ketosis. And, you know, I think that's how you and I connected when I, when I saw your podcast and your Instagram account is that, you know, you can't put muscle on in ketosis. You can't become stronger in ketosis. It's basically just a, a fat loss diet. But I just think the more research I get in involved in it and the, and the more stuff I read about, it's like, man, it's, it's really, it's awesome. I mean, just from a health aspect, um, I think it's great what you're doing from, you know, bodybuilding aspect. Um, and I kind of want to do this, the same thing in the strength and conditioning world, you know, really kind of show, show people that you can get big and strong and lean at the same time doing ketosis and, and you're going to be healthier for it too. So I think one of the, the biggest misconceptions for like new gym goers is that you're either, you're either bulking or you're cutting. There's mm-hmm. not one, I mean, it's one or the other. And right. they, they, you know, assume that you have to put on a lot of excess body fat to bulk and you have to lose muscle to cut whereas neither option is really a healthy lifestyle um Mm -hmm. choice so finding a way to like not necessarily you know middle ground but it is possible to simultaneously build muscle while cutting fat you know you just have to tweak it a little more and find that that good relationship for your body's you know individual needs um yeah but keto i think absolutely man so so basically Mm -hmm. your first your first uh introduction to like the low car was with um Charles, is it Poliquin? I don't know how to pronounce it last name. Poliquin. Poliquin, yeah. He, I actually yeah. did some research on him. He's been featured on like the Tim Ferriss pod, podcast twice. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a beast, man. Yeah, he, he really is. Um, I've actually, I've never really, I've, I've never personally met him, um, but I've worked um, with quite a few people that have trained underneath him. Really? Um, so, and a, a lot of the stuff that I've done as a trainer and strength coach has been based off of his research and, um, you know, I've, I've been certified through his program a couple of times and, um, he knows his stuff, man. And yeah, he, he was like the first person to really kind of open my eyes to what you could do on a, on a low carb diet as an athlete. Yeah. That's I awesome. mean, the, the, the guys that we had coming through that facility in Scottsdale, man, I mean, these guys, you know, they'd come in after like a month or so off of, you know, their NFL off season, um, and we'd put them on a low carb diet and, you know, and we'd kick their ass for 12 weeks, man. And they would just respond like crazy. And, you know, so you, I you, just, you starting your, your 90 day challenge here soon. You said you took four years off. Yeah. So you've been, you've been off, uh, up to this point or you've been training some, you said this past week. Um, yeah, literally like, I mean, I hadn't touched a barbell. I haven't, I hadn't like trained in the gym and, and it was probably close to four years. Um, and then about a month ago I started getting back into training and then got whatever that nasty flu bug was, that was going around and that just kind of set me back. So last week I started getting back in, in the gym again. So, um, 
you know, I'm just kind of trying to get my body ready to start this 90 day challenge. I'm curious to see how quickly you re regain that, that strength um, and muscle memory while doing keto. You have to keep me posted on that for sure. I will. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm 41 now. Um, and like my, you know, my all time PRs were in my thirties. Um, and I was, you know, when we were training, especially for the hammer throw, um, like we didn't lift to get strong. Like it was, it was basically, it was very sport specific. So what we were doing, it was all, you know, trying to trick the body into getting that transferred into, um, into the hammer throw event. Like, I don't know if you've read or if you're familiar with Anatoly Bondarchuk, um, you know, he was kind of the guy who, who I guess invented periodization and was the head of the Soviet sports system. Um, he was a former uh, world record holder in the hammer throw back in the, don't quote me on this, maybe seventies. I think he won the gold medal and then became the Soviet coach. And, um, I think he's, he's probably, he's the most decorated Olympic coach in Olympic history. Um, quite the so resume. what's that? Quite the resume then for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been, I've, I've got to train with him a couple times, uh, at some clinics and stuff. And, um, but he's got some books out. Um, what's the name of it? I think I have it sitting around here somewhere. In, no, here it is. Yeah. Uh, the transfer of training in sports. So, <clears throat> you know, we weren't in there trying to, um, trying to max out on our squats and, and cleans and things like that. It was, you know, it was all about being dynamic and, you know, useful explosiveness. So I think what's going to be real interesting is like, I've really kind of started to break down my Olympic lifting technique. Um, and like my goal is to really just see how big, strong and fast that I can get. And if I can even get close to my, my personal best, um, Obviously not within the 90 days, but, you know, like within the next year or so, right. see how close I can get to my personal best, like, you know, in the clean and the snatch and, and squat. How are your, like, joints and ligaments and stuff now? They still feel pretty solid still? Um, yeah, for the most part. I think I actually feel better now than I did four years ago when I was, like, and that's why I needed to take a little bit of a break because, dude, I would train six days a week, 30-plus hours a week. Yeah. Um, you know, we do all, all of our throwing stuff in the morning and then I come back in the evening and do like a, a hard, you know, weight training kind of session with plyometrics and things like that. So did you do was, anything then to kind of, uh, minimize, you know, injury, um, any kind of like tips and tricks you have for like heavy lifters that are loading those joints up? Um, you know, I, I think that was probably like my, why I was injured so much. Um, during my career is that I really didn't focus enough on self-care and recovery. Um, I mean, I, you know, I did like massages and, uh, you know, ice baths, like that kind of stuff, but I really didn't uh, get after that like I, I want to now. Um, there's a really cool place here in Denver. Um, it's called Denver Sports Recovery. Um, and they have like hyperbaric chambers. They have hydration IVs. They have massage therapists, chiropractors. Um, I mean, it's <clears throat> a lot of the Denver Broncos, uh, use the facility, uh, it's open to the public. You just pay like a monthly membership and you get to access all these things. They have that's that like, awesome. um, yeah, they have one of those new, um, what's it called? Like those crier things where you sit in the middle. Chambers, yeah. yeah. They just got one of those over there. So I definitely, uh, plan on getting a membership and using that. Um, cause I've just, I think probably, you know, towards the end of my career, I started to learn more about recovery. Um, than I did, you know, early on, I'm like, you know, in my twenties, Superman, I could do whatever I wanted. Right. <laughs> I think it's definitely something people take for granted, especially in their twenties. Yeah. I'm 25 now. Oh, and yeah. Nice. I like trying, you know, 
remind myself to stretch before you know training session mm-hmm. but there's yeah. so many more things that i could and should be doing to minimize yeah. uh injury but <laughs> when i'm 40 i'll probably be wishing i had but now i just keep yeah. my head you know you know that's the thing i mean like um there's another book i have called the uh, soviet secret recovery methods or something like that and it's a really rare book to find um but that's, you know, you talk to a lot of the old school coaches from like the eighties and nineties when, you know, drug use and track and field was, you know, in Olympic sports was just like rampant. Um, you know, and, and they say like the, the secret of the Soviet system was not that, you know, they were doing drugs or things like that, but they had a, uh, they were the ones that first did all the research into recovery methods, you know? So their athletes were recovering a lot faster than, than most other athletes were. Right. Um, and that's what, that's what made them so good and why they dominated for so long. So what, what's your take on uh, like saunas <clears throat> using dry saunas or steam room saunas? Yeah, I, I think like the infrared saunas are really good. Um, you know, like anytime we do like a, like a detox program or something like that, you know, we sit in the sauna a lot. It's just good to kind of get all that toxicity flushed out and, and out of your body. So I'm a big fan of it. Um, you'd probably know more about it as far as like ketosis goes. Like, I don't know if you're like, you know, kind of depleting your body of, of more minerals and, and things like that. But um, I, there's been a lot of recent research about how, you know, like sitting in a sauna, 20 minute sessions, three, four times a week can actually, you know, increase your natural testosterone <clears throat> levels and whatnot mm-hmm. so i'd be curious to dive more into the science behind that for sure yeah no i i believe that man it's um i think it's any any kind of recovery thing you can get your body into like is i'm all for it it's crazy that people don't think proactively towards that um i don't know if there's any anything that we could do to <laughs> to encourage people to do that while they're still before they injure themselves as opposed to after mm-hmm. but i don't know i think i think uh you know coaches like Charles and you know, <clears throat> Tim Ferriss and, and powerlifters more so than anybody else. They're, they're really good about, you know, advocating that preventative care. Um, so yeah, you yeah. just got to like have fun with it almost, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I've actually been, um, I think, uh, like I, I kind of have a goal this year of doing five competitions, uh, in 2017. So I want to do an Olympic weightlifting competition, powerlifting competition, a strongman competition, uh, a men's physique competition and then a CrossFit competition. Um, so I, those are actually, pretty diverse competitions, right? <laughs> well, there's a, there's a guy at my gym. He's actually the owner of the gym, uh, Nicholas Nat. He's a, he's been in muscle and fitness a few times. He's a national, um, competitive bodybuilder, um, figure like, uh, physique model. Um, he was the one that kind of brought that up to me and he goes, Hey man, I'm going to do these five competitions this year. Do you want to do them with me? And I'm like, Nope. Actually, yeah, actually, I do. Like the more I thought about it, um, that'd, be, because, that'd like, be intense, man, for sure. Well, it's it's going to be cool because um, I've never done anything in like the bodybuilding um, world ever. Like I never did anything for aesthetics, any kind of training like that. It's always been performance based. So, and Nick is um, he's never done anything like Olympic lifting. So we're actually kind of trading back and forth secrets right now. So I'm teaching him how to Olympic lift, and he's kind of starting to put together some stuff for me to, um, you know, to kind of start doing some aesthetic training as well. So yeah, uh, it's going to be that's good, man. It's the it's diversity, diversity you know, well-rounded, yeah. uh, you know, physique goals and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, which which one do you think will be the most challenging for you? I, probably the the 
the bodybuilding. Well, it's, I'm going to do, I think, classic bodybuilding. Classic, yeah. Yeah. I think that'll probably be the, the biggest challenge for me, especially since I really haven't done much training over the last four years. Just kind of getting getting back in shape from that aspect. I mean, Olympic lifting, powerlifting, strongman stuff, I think all comes pretty natural to me. So, um, but yeah. You think so, there's like, much difference between like the CrossFit style training versus it's a lot more uh, high, fast paced than like the powerlifting and, and strongman mm-hmm. competition style. Yeah, and I mean, like honestly, a majority of the training I did as a hammer thrower was all it's CrossFit style training, not to the extent of you know, 30 reps on the snatch or, you know, 50 kipping pull-ups or something like that. But like a lot of med ball throwing and, you know, box jumps and, you know, power cleans and farmer's carries and tire flips. Like we did all that kind of stuff. Very like sport specific. So, um, what I really like about CrossFit, um, is that they have done such an amazing job of really kind of bringing in the total package as far as like, you know, you can go to like mobility water or something like that. And there's all kinds of videos as far as like, you know, doing foam rolling and mobility exercises and recovery and stuff like that. So I think the cool thing about CrossFit is that they've really taken human development, sports performance kind of to like, like another level. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I, yeah, I, I really think that's, you know, for me, that's been a big thing to, to kind of get me into like the recovery aspect um, of, of training again is just kind of looking at all all the stuff that they're doing is is pretty good stuff. No, absolutely, man. Have, having a goal, something to work towards, <clears throat> makes you know getting back into the game after four years off much yeah. more enthusiastic. <laughs> you know, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think that's probably one of the reasons. I mean, like starting a food business definitely took a lot of my time, but you know, after 2012, like I just really didn't have a goal to train for anymore, you right. know? And, it, and it's just like, I mean, you know, I love living a healthy lifestyle and being active. I mean, I took my dog hiking up in the mountains all the time, but you know, I got into like yoga and meditation and things like that to, you know, kind of like bring a little bit more balance to, to my body, but just, yeah, it's, I love having a goal to train for and, you know, something to, to go after. Like if I'm not physically, and that's the thing over the last four years, like, you know, if I'm not physically pushing myself to, 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 to challenge myself, like I just, I don't feel alive, you know, I yeah. just kind of feel like I'm just existing on this planet. And, um, you know, it's been, you know, even though it's been just kind of sporadic kind of getting back into the weight room, but man, it's like, it's, it's just, it's awesome to go back in and like move some weight around and, um, uh, you know, be physical again. So makes you feel like a man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that's, you know, that's a, that's a huge component of it actually was, um, do you know, Tom Twilliger? Uh, yes. Um, he's actually, um, he, he trains a few clients at our gym here in Denver. Um, and he's a, you know, he's a big time motivational speaker. He's been all over the world. And, and that's one of the things we were talking about, um, about a week ago. And it's just like, you know, as men, like we need to have that, you know, that animal instinct that we connect to, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think we've, as a society, we've kind of lost that, you know, or it's no, like, I, been, I totally agree. Like we've been told it's like, you know, if you are a quote unquote guy and you're in grunting and groaning and, you know, kind of throwing weights around and eating meat and things like that, like, you know, you're a chauvinist pig, but I really feel like, <clears throat> you know, as men, we can kind of go into this whole other topic right now, but, um, you know, I really think that's, that's part of our existence. You know what I mean? And, and we can, we can tap into that and we need that. We need those challenges. Um, without being a quote, you know, alpha, you know, kind of douche, but <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, you think about it, you know, hundreds of years ago when like 
the men, they were like the warriors that had to protect the family mm-hmm. and train, you know, to survive and, you know, be on the battlefront. That's kind of a transition from that to kind of like the, uh, you know, when they were, you know, came into America and they were farming and hunting and trying to survive then and provide for the family. Mm-hmm. And now where that's no longer necessary, you've got, you know, men just sitting in cubicles, you right. know, slowly losing all their you know, work ethic, not work ethic, but just like just primal instinct, it seems. So for me, like the gym is my outlet, you know, that that's my mm-hmm. battlefront. That's my hunting ground. That's where I go. And I, I, that's where I, you know, go all out and become primal. And that's, I think that mm-hmm. is necessary. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And that's, and that's, that's kind of what, um, you know, to kind of be on both sides of it for a majority of my life. I mean, I started lifting weights when I was probably 12 years old. You know, up until, you know, 2012, and then I quit doing it. And that was like a big piece of me that like, I just felt like it was just missing, you know, so just to get back in the gym, it's like the juices are flowing again. It's like, yeah, man, I feel I feel good. Like, I feel like I can, you know, take on the world again, and, you know, kind of get after my goals and, and aspirations instead of just working and grinding, working and grinding. And, you know, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, real quick, di- dive into the uh the health food business you started. I'd love to get some more information on that. You, you talked about it briefly before about like the kale. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, about four years ago, I was living in a small town down in Southern Colorado called Creed. Um, I just moved there from Southern California. Um, and um, yeah, some of the local um, uh, women in town, they found out that I used to have my own boot camp company and that I was a, a trainer and strength coach and, they kind of convinced me into um, into doing some stuff with them because it, it's a small town. Like during the summertime, there's probably like fifteen thousand people there. It's like a big tourist spot. It's like up in the mountains, like nine thousand feet elevation. And then in the winter time, there's like four hundred people in town. I just felt like I wanted to stick around there for the winter, um, just to kind of take a break from life for a little bit. You know, kind of figure out. You know, I had some some pretty massive like life changes going on in my life and. Um, like I kind of wanted to reinvent myself and see what was next and just needed a break, you know? Um, so they found out and, uh, you know, I used to be a trainer and they convinced me to start doing some stuff for them in the, in the local gym and, you know, kind of teaching them about the whole, um, you know, low carb paleo, um, lifestyle that I've been, you know, teaching my clients for years. Um, I was kind of challenged by them to, you know, like, how do you take all this stuff out of food and, you know, still have it taste good. So, um, and being at 9,000 feet elevation during the winter time, like, um, there's a little, um, a little grocery store in town, but it's really hard to get fresh vegetables up there too. So I just started researching dehydrated vegetables, came across kale chips and I'm like, dude, I don't even like kale, but you know, yeah. like I, I, I thought the concept was really good. So I bought a dehydrator and I drove an hour and a half into, um, the closest town where I could find, you know, fresh kale and bought a bunch and started experimenting with it and made them for them. They loved them. And, um, I kind of was like, man, I could be onto something here. So I kind of developed the flavors and, and the product to like over the next probably six months. And, um, and then just decided to make it into a business. Like I moved to Colorado Springs at first, just cause it was a little bit, you know, Denver just seemed kind of too big at the time. Uh, like I wanted just like a, another step up from Creed. So Colorado Springs is a smaller town and, um, yeah, so I have three flavors of kale chips. Um, they're all dehydrated. Um, they're all dairy free, gluten free, sugar free. All that good, all the good frees are there, or aren't there? Are there? Aren't there? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I just started hitting like the local farmers markets in the summertime and started getting into like some small wholesale accounts around town and had a real successful summer with it and then moved it up to Denver um in the fall i won a big competition here in denver um it was pretty much you know it was like kind of like the new top food product in town health food product in town um and that just kind of things kind of started taking off with it a little faster than i expected um and you know my my degree is in exercise science you know i've been a, a trainer and strength coach my whole life pretty much my whole adult life i didn't know the first thing about starting a food business and it was just like learning on the fly and like falling down and making mistakes and you know what just like, like regulations and like government <clears throat> regulations with food products i would imagine oh man it's just it's it's everything i mean it's just like from the packaging to the licensing to the ingredients to you know contracts to um you know like i didn't even know this like about whole foods like most of the big grocery stores, like, um, when you set up an account with them and, you know, you get into their store, it's like, you know, they don't pay you for like 60 to 90 days. So you have to front all the product, um, and then just kind of sit and wait for them to pay you. And if it doesn't sell, then, you know, a lot of times they'll be, they'll charge you for the space. So, I mean, it's like all these things that just, you don't really realize about what it takes to start a food product company. And what was um, the name of the company? Um, it's culture superfoods culture with a K. Um, and yeah, I mean, like my plans for that was really, I wanted to, I didn't want to just be kale chips. Like I really wanted to expand into a lot of different other health food products, um, that, you know, that I like to eat and that I make at home for myself and that I used to make for clients. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it right now. Um, I've gotten back into the, uh, personal training world and, um, been doing like a lot of online stuff. Um, and I'm just kind of, I, I think like the next step with the food business would be, you know, finding an investor, um, somebody that really wants to take over that aspect of it. Cause, um, you know, my, like my passion is, is more about the education, um, and the teaching as far as like, you know, nutrition and, and training and fitness and stuff like that goes. So, you know, being in the kitchen, making kill chips for 18 hours a day, just, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, it's I, a full-time you know, job for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I I did it and I had no problem doing it. Like I understand it's a it's it's a it's a grind. It's hard work to do it, but um, you know, if you read any of like Grant Cardone stuff, it's like <clears throat> you know, if you really want to grow, you got to, you know, you got to bring on people and you have to And I did. Like I had I had um six employees working for me this past summer. Um, but you know, like I said, I just I really you know, running the food business aspect of it is not where my passion is, you know, it's, um, and then really get back into the whole ketogenic stuff, man. I'm like, I already have three or four ideas about like what I, what kind of like keto foods I can make for a product too. So I I think like, I'm just, I'm just more of a, I'm a, I'm a creative brain, you know, like that's where, that's where my strength is. Like when you start getting into like the details and, you know, the books and the numbers and, you know, the distribution and all that kind of stuff, I'm just like, yeah, it is, it. it is a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to go into the weeds with you real quick on this dehydrator, though, man. I uh, after What's talking, with you, I'm about to go into the weeds with you on this dehydration oh, okay. stuff. <laughs> yeah. I uh, after our last conversation, I started googling dehydrators, and I got like super excited because there's so many things that I wanted to eat. You know, because like with keto, yeah, I, you can't really get like chips. You know, we were, we were just on a road trip when I called you last time, okay, and yeah, uh, sure. I couldn't like stop in and get a package of chips or anything. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Started looking at dehydrators, and there's all kinds of options out there for that. So what, what? Uh, I was looking at the Excalibur dehydrator. Yep. Is that a pretty good one? That that's my go-to. Like when that's I first started, yeah. When I first started the company, man, I went through like four or five different brands of dehydrators, and 
finally ended up, I found, I found it an Excalibur dehydrator on sale or on Craigslist. And, uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try it. I heard a lot of good stuff about them and man, I've had that dehydrator running like nonstop almost for two years and it's just, it kicks ass. Like, and so is there one size that's like, or one feature or anything? Like if I'm going to go get a dehydrator tomorrow, what should I definitely look for? Um, you know, it really depends on what you want to do. Um, like we actually, um, I think I have like 20, of the nine tray dehydrators, like that's what we use you instead of getting like. Of the yeah. <laughs> wow! So you're um, in, you're in some serious dehydration business, guy. <laughs> man, man, this summer we were doing like uh, close to like no, yeah, it's probably like over a thousand bags of kale chips a week. Like it was, yeah, it was nuts, man. Um, well, I'm, I'm gonna. I know you're not really advertising online anymore, but I'm I'm gonna send you my address and I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it back <laughs> from me because I'm curious. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really, that's what I see the business going into is, as being more of like an online business. Um, you know, just the whole, like the whole, like the wholesale aspect of it is just, it's a racket, man. They want it for nothing and then they don't pay you for it right away. So, right. um, I've, I've, I, I was selling online for a while. Um, I think I probably shipped over 30 different States already. Um, do you still have some in stock? Yeah, I can send you some. Yeah, man. I'm. I'm. What are the macro yeah. breakdown on these things? Oh man, off the top of my head, I'm. I. I have to look in it because the only and that's that was one thing I wanted to like kind of change the recipe up on it because I did use uh, nutritional yeast and all the flavors okay. um, instead of dairy. So there are because of the nutritional yeast are a little higher in carbs, and I would like. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of like I've been kind of thinking about how I want to do that, like how I want to kind of start to switch that over so it's a you know, a lower carb, higher fat snack. Right. I mean, you, you can pretty much dehydrate everything. Like I was, I was checking out Pinterest. I don't want to spend much time on Pinterest, <laughs> but man, there's all kinds you know? of recipes for dehydration. Like you can dehydrate mm-hmm. avocados. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, and it retains almost all of the nutrition, which is nice too. Especially if you do it at a low temperature. Um, uh, and that's what I started researching when I, when I started the company is like under 115 degrees, you're, it's pretty much still raw food. So you have all the nutrients are still there. And then, you know, there's the whole controversy about raw kale and your thyroid and blah, 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 whatever. But, um, I think, you know, some people say lower, you know, you have to, you have to go to like 102 degrees for it to be raw, but I'm like 115. I'm fine with that. Like, I'm sure it's probably, it just takes a lot longer. Like, so is there, so if I if I go get a dehydrator and I got like a big old mm-hmm. thing of fresh kale, do I just rinse that out, dry it off, mm-hmm. throw some seasoning on there, and stick it in there at one fifteen for eight hours and call it good, or what? No, well, so how like how we do ours, and this isn't like a big secret because um, Brad's Raw, they're like one of the biggest companies out there as far as kale chips, and he's got a video on how he makes his. But yeah, like I would just take all the ingredients like um, like cashews, sunflower seeds, like all the spices. Um, like with the, with the, the dairy-free cheese flavor, there's like lemon juice in there and blend all that stuff in a food processor until it makes like a batter. Um, and then, yeah, you wash and rinse the kale and then you dump all that stuff and you just kind of hand massage it, coat the kale with it. Um, and then you stick it in the dehydrator and it'll probably take you anywhere from, well, you're, especially up in Washington, you got more, uh, you got a little bit more humidity up there than we do here in Colorado. So, um, I'd say you're probably going to plan on almost 24 hours in the dehydrator under right. 115 degrees. Yeah. I mean, that's the downfall about dehydrating. It takes a lot longer unless you have one of the big commercial dehydrators, but yeah. 
What else uh, have you like experimented with dehydration, dehydrating any other foods or mostly just sticking to kale? Oh man, I've done broccoli, Brussels sprouts, um, tomatoes, um, beef jerky, uh, granola. Like I did like a granola with, uh, with kale instead of grains, which was pretty bomb. Like it was, I'm, I actually want to sell it. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> no, that's cool, um, man. I'm, I'm, I do a lot of hunting, so I'm excited to like oh, nice. dehydrating all my venison and whatnot. Yeah. Because like, it stays, I mean, it stays, I mean, you don't need a refrigerator or anything. It stays good for indefinitely, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's a great, you know, kind of travel snack. Just, I love, oh man, I love some good elk jerky. Yeah. I saw a recipe for uh, like popcorn that was made using cauliflower. They'd like dehydrate it and had like the yeah. popcorn texture look and flavor. Actually, that was, I did that with like, um, uh, I made like a dairy-free kind of butter flavor with it because for a while there I was like against not against dairy but it just doesn't really agree with me mm-hmm. um, so that's that's a whole other subject but like kind of getting back into the like ketosis stuff I'm like damn I need to probably start eating a little more dairy here but, um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah so I made the I did try the cauliflower um, with like a, I think I put olive oil some garlic and some nutritional yeast on it and it tasted like freaking butter popcorn really but the problem with it like I couldn't sell it because when you know there's so much water in, in a head of cauliflower that when it dehydrates down it just it's so small you know, you'd have to charge like ten dollars for like a little tiny bag of it to yeah to make it worth your while but yeah if you just want to eat it at home like it's it's good stuff and it's like crunchy texture right oh yeah 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 for I'm, sure. I'm excited man this is gonna be good i'm gonna get me an excalibur <laughs> yeah dehydrator in the near future for sure yeah and then like they have um they have temperature settings definitely get one with a temperature setting on it um and they also some have timers you know I, the first probably like five i bought I bought timers on it and then it was like, you know, an extra $75 or something like that with the timer. And I'm like, cause when you, if you're dehydrating under that low, under 115 degrees, doesn't really matter. Like if, if it's, if it sits for like a couple hours longer, it just, it doesn't make a difference, you know? So, so I need to make kinda... sure it's got a temp setting and mm-hmm. then what, uh, they have those like little small ones that have like the fan on the bottom, but I read that it's better to have the fan on the back. That's yeah. That's why the Excaliburs are so good because the it it it, it blows the air evenly over, okay. um, over everything from the back instead of like if it comes from the bottom like the top all it doesn't always get uh, dried out all the way. Gotcha. Which you know for like if you're just doing jerky, I think those would be okay. Like the Cabela's. I don't know. Can I talk about brands on this? Is yeah, this like, is it... yeah, I think so. Okay, it's not on me. I'm not sponsored <laughs> I mean, by Excalibur yeah, okay. or Cabela's, so. Um, yeah, I just I I didn't have much luck with that one, you know, and it was it was one of the bigger ones, and literally like one of the Excaliburs could do like one of the smaller nine tray uh, Excaliburs could do just as much kale as as the Cabela's one could do, okay. and I broke I broke that that Cabela's like three times. So well, I, re- I read some reviews, and all the reviews are pointing towards the Excaliburs, so I think that'll be where I where I yeah. go. Yeah, unless you get into wrong. the yeah, unless you get into like the commercial ones. Um, I don't think that's caliber is that great. Their commercial dehydrator. Um, uh, there's one that starts with a, it's something harvest. Like that's probably the best that I've found for like the commercial dehydrators, but those are like 20, 30 grand. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if I want to jump that much into shit. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a lot of venison, man. <laughs> that'd be a lot of venison for sure. Yeah. You'd have to come out to Colorado and go elk hunting and yeah, yeah, save absolutely. it up. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that, man. 
Hey man, anytime. Like I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely going to get into it here this next year. So it's so, it's so like the one thing I like about keto and that I'm, I've gotten really excited about it, there's, there's not that many commercially, uh, you know, viable products mass produced, like in the supermarkets or whatnot. So you pretty yeah. much have to get creative with your food yeah. and kind of make all your own meals, which, you know, for someone that's busy, that, that, that's kind of an inconvenience, but the, mm-hmm. the more familiar with it you get, the quicker you can, you know, churn out some meals. But it's it's fun to, like, have the opportunity to get creative and make all this natural, mm-hmm. organic, you know, but going back to that primal discussion we had earlier. This yeah. is all, like, good, healthy food. Like, I was looking at everything I've eaten, and everything I eat's got less than four ingredients on it, you know? That's right. just not common anymore these days. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, I mean, honestly, that's why I got into the health food business was just because I, I, I got so sick and tired of just all the crap that's out there, you know, and it's processed, it's, you know, and the big kind of like eye-opening thing for me too was that being in the food business for three, over three years, um, you'd be surprised what you're allowed to get away with as far as like your labeling and ingredients and, and it's, oh, it's... I'm sure, yeah. It's, I think, you know, finding reputable products is a must, um, and then also just being creative on yourself and with yourself and, and, you know, making your own food, you know, you can't go wrong with that. Like finding locally sourced, you know, meats and, and produce and stuff like that is always the way to go. Yeah, I agree. I used to not, before doing keto, I, I used to think nothing of it, you know, given the option mm-hmm. of an organic, you know, versus <laughs> non-organic, which is, you know, yeah. cheaper. I'd always go for the cheaper option, but the more I've learned mm-hmm. about what all's in the other option, the more I lean towards, you know, the natural more the more natural the better yeah um, but some, some yeah some of the companies are pretty tricky with their marketing they'll market it as you know natural <clears throat> organic and then you look at the labels and it'll be nothing but processed foods like it's pretty dishonest <clears throat> towards the ignorant consumer yeah and even like you know talking with like the local farmers like doing all these farmers markets over the summers it's like you know even organic certified produce doesn't mean it's a hundred percent organic you know, like, um, I think they're still required to spray a certain percentage of, t- of, um, of, uh, you know, pesticides and stuff like that on it. So, um, it's, it's actually better if you can find a local farmer, um, that does all natural that, you know, and you can go out to the farm and see what they're doing. Um, that's actually your best bet because, you know, just because it says organic doesn't even mean it's necessarily organic, which right. kind of sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's that. Most people, that's probably not common knowledge. You know, a lot of people, just, yeah. they see organic on there and they're, oh, it's got to be good. It's got to be good. Yeah. It's organic yeah. sugar. Give me all of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, same, you know, same thing with like, with, uh, with beef and, and things like that too. It's, or, you know, the quote unquote free range chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my neighbor at this farmer's market last year, she's a local, um, uh, cattle farmer and, you know, she never got her grass fed certification because, you know, it, it's, it's really not what you think it is because they can, they can corn feed, um, a lot of their beef for a certain amount of time. And then at the very end, give them these grass fed pellets and, and label it, uh, grass fed, yeah. you know? So that's why I think it's just really important to really, you know, I, it's more work. I totally get that, but it's your body, it's your health, it's your life. Um, you know, like, why would you want to put crap into it, you know, and, and potentially open yourself up to disease and, you know, things like that. So I just think it's better to find, you know, local farmers that, you know, like I got a couple here in Colorado that I work with, um, that, you know, like, yeah, come out, see what we do. Like, you know, there's no, there's nothing being hidden from you. So 
for somebody that that uh, <clears throat> does not know anybody off the top of the head, what would you? Is there like any resources that you've used in the past to find, you know, local farmers or what? What are you doing? Just kind of word of mouth. Um. Yeah, I I know there are some websites and some some resources out there. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Um, and it really depends, I guess, where you live in the country too. Um, you know, I think we're very fortunate here in Colorado, and you know, you guys up in Washington and you know the Pacific Northwest. I, I think that you're it's easier to find local farms. Um, but I would you know I would just say just do you you got to get on the internet and just do your research in your local area. Um, that's you know that's your best bet. For sure, for sure, for sure. So what? So dive into uh, the keto. Now we haven't really touched on that too much, but mm-hmm. so you you said in the past that you were more you know paleo, whereas mm-hmm. now you're going to transition more to keto. So what? How would you compare and contrast the two? Um, I actually, I, I I'm I'm kind of trying to be both paleo and keto at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you define paleo? Like if, you, if somebody were to ask you what is paleo, what would you say? Um, I would say, I mean, and it's changed so much over the years, I think, um, I'd say the paleo lifestyle is grain free, gluten free, sugar free, dairy free, um, yeast free. Um, you know, it's basically just the hunter gatherer, um, you know, meats, vegetables, nuts and berries kind of thing. Um, so, and and that's why I say like, I kind of struggle with the whole, like the dairy aspect of it. I know paleo, there are the paleo people that that say dairy is okay. And then there's some that say that it's not okay. Um, but I think probably just, I'll, I'll probably do like small amounts of it and see how my body responds to it. You like lactose intolerant or something? Yeah. I mean, it just, it just, um, say like, well with you? It, it, like I can, I can tell if I eat dairy too much and I thought I had really bad allergies growing up as a kid. Um, but like I feel it in my, like in my throat, <clears> throat> like I do a lot of like throat clearing when I eat, when I eat dairy, like it's just, I don't know what it is about it. Just doesn't agree with me. Huh. I got lucky then because I do love like heavy cream and cheese, man. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do too. I I mean, I definitely do. Um, you know, and this comes from Paul Quinn's uh, one of his articles I read was, um, you know, if you're having carb cravings, you know, take a couple of teaspoons of heavy cream and either shoot that or like freeze it and throw some cinnamon on it, uh, and it helps you know kind of control your your carb cravings. Yeah, that makes so. Sense. I'll do heavy cream. Um, like I said, I, I've been experimenting with a little bit of dairy here and there. Like, I don't know, you know, bacon and eggs with some cheese on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, and that, that doesn't yeah. mess you up too bad. Um, I don't know. I haven't done enough of it yet to really notice a difference. Right. Um, I just think, you know, for me, the biggest challenge is like, where do you get your fats in? Yeah. And that's like all my clients. That's the number one question. How do you eat, you know, 75% of your diet and fat, you know? And I think that's, um, I'm like, man, I just eat spoonfuls of coconut oil. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, coconut oil makes it easy to get your fat in, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it does, man, for sure. <laughs> it's crazy, like, milk. Like, I love, like, whole milk, but most of the milk in the stores, I mean, there's, you know, 11, 12 grams of sugar per cup mm-hmm. of milk. Which, right. Which is mind-blowing, you know? Yeah, and we wonder why our society has become so obese. Yeah, it is. it is very interesting. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, so, that's why, that's why I just, I, I don't know, man, you have all your naysayers about like the whole like low carb diet, man, but I, I don't know, just how can you argue with research and science? Yeah. You know? I mean, and that's, 
I don't know. I used to eat carbs, you know. I've only been keto yeah. for about two years, you know. But oh, really? Okay. For me, it's just like I'm I'm much more in tune with my body now that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, in a fat burning state. Like I know when I'm mm-hmm. full. I know when I'm hungry. I'm much more instinctive with my eating in the off season for sure. Mm-hmm. And like I don't crave things near as much. My body, like it just it's more satiated from the fats. Like there's mm-hmm. just so many negative uh consequences of eating a lot of you know high glycemic index carbohydrates that i don't have to deal with anymore yeah Um, which is kind of like liberating for sure yeah and i think what's really cool too is um i went to a a keto mixer the other night and they had fat bombs i've never had fat bombs yet and they had oh yeah those are chocolate flavored almond butter flavor i mean i was like damn like you know, how do you ever, you know, you're eating bacon, you're eating like just things that fill you up. And, and I'm, you know, like when I'm really into it, like I'm, I'm not hungry either, you know, like it's just, I don't ever feel like I'm starving or, you know, and that's like the biggest question that I get from my clients. It's like, oh my gosh, how can you do that? You're just going to be so hungry and you're going to crave this, you're going to crave that. And you really don't. I think once you detox all that stuff, all the sugar out of your body, man, it just, it, you, you change, your taste buds change. Oh, absolutely. Um, There's like a chemical switch that occurs in your brain and, and you just do not require that uh, carb craving like you do when you're you know mm-hmm. eating carbohydrates and yeah, it, yeah it is crazy because I, I would go i would go to the you know grocery store and i wouldn't allow myself to walk through the bakery section because like the smells <laughs> and the cravings would yeah. trigger and, and i'd be buying donuts but now you know i can walk through there and not even look twice at the box of donuts you know yeah i mean pizza used to be like my achilles heel man like that was oh pizza. my gosh i could eat pizza seven days a week easy for breakfast lunch and dinner <laughs> i don't know how the uh, the dairy would affect you but there's that uh it's called fathead pizza there's like a million okay. different keto recipes for pizza but okay we make this uh keto pizza now the crust is largely based from cream cheese and uh, oh, nice. just shredded cheese with some almond flour but honestly that keto pizza is more flavorful and tasty than the standard pizza you know that's awesome so, yeah. know, I'm, I'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to experiment with it man because like if I'm gonna do it like full on, like I might as well just try it. <laughs> that's 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 the best way to do it. That's what mm-hmm. I recommend to my clients. Rather than trying to tiptoe on one or the other and like cycle the cars, which is really popular mm-hmm. now, that just go in full fledged, hit it with everything mm-hmm. you got, you know, get yourself keto adapted as soon as possible, and then before <clears> you know it, you're not even missing anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> just eat more bacon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, bacon. <laughs> I was I, I did a vlog the other day, and I've literally had bacon and eggs every single day of this contest prep. You know, <laughs> did you? Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, what else? What else could you ask for? You know. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's really Absolutely. awesome. So what what's next? What's next for you? What's what's the next uh, next journey? Man, you know, I, I I'm really kind of working to develop. Um, just, I don't know, man, just take all the, the knowledge, um, from a, you know, health and wellness aspect from a, a sports aspect. And I spent a lot of like the past three, four years just doing a lot of like, um, self-developmental stuff too. Like I think, um, I think life coaching is, uh, and motivational speaking is something that, um, that's going to be my next big, uh, my next big thing that I get into and kind of tie the whole health and wellness and the whole keto thing into it. Um, you know, really just for like for me, <clears throat> so I'm starting a, um, uh, a Facebook page and I want to, we're going to start doing a, uh, my own podcast here called the keto fit kitchen. 
Um, and that's really going to be, I think the jumping off point for a lot of these things where, cause when I, when I think of fitness, you know, fitness is not just your body fitness. It's like mental, emotional, spiritual fitness, you know, like it's just a very holistic way about, you know, going about your lifestyle. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, sometimes they focus on maybe just one aspect of their life and, and, and they kind of neglect all the other things. So kind of using just this whole excitement around the whole ketogenic world, um, and then all these other things that I'm interested in, uh, kind of tied into it. Um, it's just really going to be, I'm not sure yet, honestly, like, I think I'm just going to start putting all this information out there, um, and kind of see where it goes. Like I just started writing, uh, a motivational book and really, you know, it's kind of started with the, I don't know if you saw the, the Facebook post that I made on Thursday. Um, but it's really just kind of, that was the first thing, the first step, like, um, it's uh the book's called um i never achieve my my goal but i live my dream um and it's really just a motivational book about like my story growing up and you know i kind of get into all the thing about the business aspect and um you know really every step of the way like no matter what obstacles i've had like i've always had the courage um to just go for my dreams like no matter what and you know we all have roadblocks and we all have things like things in our past that kind of hold us back that, you know, or sometimes they're core issues that, you know, leave a lot of self doubt. Like, you know, I can never do this. I can never go for my dream. That's like that stupid and silly, but you know, it's like, that's your passion. Like, why would you not, you know? And I think so many people settle for average lives because somewhere along the way, somebody told them that they weren't good enough or that their idea was stupid, yeah. you know? And I think that's really a lot of basis of like, you know, starting to work with um, people and, and do kind of like motivational coaching and speaking that, you know, it's like, I really want to be an inspiration for people to, um, to really go for their dreams, you know, to live the life that they want to live. Um, and not worry about, you know, if it doesn't work out, my Olympic dream didn't work out, man, but it was the absolute most amazing experience of my life. You know, I spent over 10 years of my life going for my Olympic dream. And, <clears throat> you know, I wouldn't take a second back, like even all the heartbreak and, you know, missing the trials and, you know, being hurt and all these things. Like it was just, I've met amazing people and I had amazing experiences and it's put me in a position now where, um, you know, I want to help as many people as I possibly can. That's awesome, man. It's, <clears throat> it is crazy how waking up knowing that you're about to work on something that you feel strongly about mm -hmm. is such a motivating thing in and of itself. Like I can mm -hmm. honestly say that I have been able to wake up excited to get out of bed to work on like keto savage you know yeah how, how many people don't have that opportunity they, they don't they have it they just don't let themselves take advantage of it they wake up and they just do a humdrum job that gives them mm -hmm. no sense of satisfaction and fulfillment <clears throat> yeah i think that's a that's a big part of our society you know and you know as entrepreneurs like we get that you know um but i think there's so many people out there and we all have i mean every single one of us has the ability to create and do and and make positive changes in the world and help affect other people's lives. Um, like we all have those gifts, you know, and I think that's really just getting that clarity as far as like what you want to do. And then also having the courage just to go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and I, and I think that's another aspect too of like our society and, and, and things like, like we view failure as such a bad thing, you know, yeah. and failure is just a learning experience. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like when I look at the mountains here in Colorado, it's like, I see the peaks and the valleys, um, and I kind of relate them to my personal life journey, you know, and it's like, yeah, man, there's been ports in my life where it's like, you know, rock bottom, you know, like, you know, like <laughs> depression and <clears throat> you know, look at my bank account. I'm like, damn, you know, like, where's my life going? And then 
the next thing I know, like things are taking off and things are great. And it's like, you know, relating those bad times and the good times, it's really just the, it's the landscape of our journey, man. And, and it wouldn't be as beautiful if we didn't have those valleys as well as the peaks. So no, I, I, it's a, it's a very good way to put it, man. I, and I couldn't agree more. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, it's all about the journey and yeah. like, I'm a perfectionist at heart. So I, I, I've always been hesitant to jump in until I had all the pieces laid out, but that's, that's, the biggest flaw right there like you'll never yeah. know everything at once you can't know what you don't know you just got to jump into the fray and then yeah. learn as you go yeah and you know and, and i kind of tell people it's just like you know feed your vision you know what i mean like always do th- exactly what you're saying like and i'm the same way too it's like i hesitate doing things sometimes and going for like these entrepreneurial things that i want to pursue because i'm like well this has to be right and this has to be right and then you have to take a step back it's like you just got to jump in, man, and say, fuck it and just do it, you know, yeah. and, and figure it out as you go along. Cause you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you know, there's going to be, uh, you're not going to know everything, but it's, you know, taking, it's just having that mindset of, you know, these aren't failures. Like these are just learning lessons, you know, and sometimes you have to learn them a couple of times before they actually stick, you know, yeah. no, hopefully it's, not too many times. But <laughs> It's much better to, to fail, you know, year after year after year and learn from it and grow and then be mm-hmm. able to look back and reflect and, and look back and reflect from a place that you wouldn't have been had you not taken that chance than it would be to, yeah. you know, just play it safe and never, never believe in yourself enough to, to push for something you believe in, you know. And there's, it's, yeah. it's alarming to me the degree and the, the percentage of the population that doesn't have that, I don't know, that willingness to fail. You know, I'm excited to fail. <clears throat> like I wake up ready to fail. Yeah. What, what can I fail on today? You know, if I fail, it's, yeah. something, something's going good. Yeah, I just I think it's just that, you know, it's the it's the the fear factor that that has been put in our heads from like when we were kids. You know, <clears throat> and it's you know, I think there's a lot of people it's they're afraid to fail because they view failure as something that's bad, you know. You're like what if I lose my house? What if I lose, you know, everything? Well, I think when you focus on that fear so much, that's when your fears become reality. Yeah. You know, you you bring that fear into your into your existence and Instead of, you know, focusing on the things that you want to do and, and the next step and, and things like that, like the positive aspects of it. <clears throat> um, yeah, I just, I, I, it's, it's a hard thing to overcome, you know, like even myself, like that's when I wake up every day afraid of like, you know, I, the, I have thoughts of like fe- of failure and fear and things like that. And it's like I quickly have to like, nope, you, you know, you got this, right? Yeah. <clears throat> you switch into a, a, just a different mindset. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you say you're 41 <clears throat> now, right? Yeah. What would you tell your 25-year-old self? <clears throat> Man, I would tell my 25-year-old self to enjoy the journey more and not not worry about what happens. Because I think, you know, now that I can look back on, like, my Olympic journey and my entrepreneurial journey, um, you know, it's, it's hard to focus on the journey, you know what I mean? Cause you have this massive goal of like making the Olympic team or creating this million dollar company. Um, and, <clears throat> and it gets stressful. It gets hard. It gets, you know, like you doubt yourself a lot. Um, but I think now I can look back and say, you know, damn, what, it, like what a journey it was, you know, but I definitely would have told my 25 year old self to, enjoy it more than I let myself because I I grew up in a you know an athletic family a sports family my dad was a state championship football and track and field coach and you know I always put a ton of pressure on myself to succeed you know and I took my losses really hard yeah. um, 
and <clears throat> that that that's one thing I would definitely change about. I mean, I don't believe I don't believe in the philosophy of like, <clears throat> um, you know, we are we're, we're 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 exactly where we need to be. You know, everything that we've experienced in life has put us right where we need to be. Like we're we're kind of perfect in this moment for ourselves. You know, it's what we choose to do going forward. So, like, I don't live my life with regrets, um, but I just wish I would have like been able to enjoy what I did a little bit more. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's that's good advice man it's just it's something i can learn from for sure like i need to there you go. take those words and, <clears throat> and use them and for nice. sure man. what are you uh are you where you thought you would be when you were 25 man <clears throat> nope no not even nope not even close man but yeah i i I'm I'm very grateful for for where i am and for what i have in front of me and for my experiences <clears throat> so yeah i don't know man i can't even tell you where i thought i was gonna be at 25 like you know maybe an olympian and maybe a collegiate track and field coach or something like that i, I don't know do you do you write things down like do you journal or do you uh like take notes and kind of like document <clears throat> different stages in your life um yeah man if you would see my office in my room man i am i i fit the uh <clears throat> the typical entrepreneur like i have papers everywhere of like thoughts and like <laughs> one of these days i i i keep telling myself i'm gonna get it all organized but yeah, yeah as i kind of as i kind of start to write write this book um yeah i am I, I do write down a lot of stuff and and thoughts and you know i i think i'm a pretty like philo- philosophical person so that's good i, I used to not do it so <clears throat> much but I, i've been really good these past several years about documenting and writing everything down like my office is covered in whiteboards i've got them all yeah, filled i love whiteboards yeah it's 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 weird how much i can love a whiteboard but uh <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm just gonna i'm just gonna make my walls whiteboards it's just yeah it's much better that way no that's, that's good man <laughs> and then just put those thoughts on the wall and then have them to reflect mm-hmm. on you know yeah yeah absolutely life's a journey man life is a it journey. is and enjoy it man like every step of the way absolutely you know? Well, Mike, this has been, we just hit the one hour mark. This has been an awesome cool. call. I like what we talked man. We, took, we talked about nutrition. We talked about <laughs> strength and wellness. We talked about keto. We talked about life. It's deep yeah. stuff, man. It's deep. I know. I thought we were going to talk more about keto stuff, but this was fun, man. It was, uh, I think it was a good, well-rounded conversation. Well, we can, we can do a round two, man. We can do a, yeah. I'd, I'd like to touch base with you after you do your 90-day challenge again <clears> and see how that goes for you and let the audience know how the yeah. outcome of that was. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, even if you want to do like a, like a midway part, you know, just to kind of, cause that was, I, I'm actually, I'm going to put a lot of this online too, like, as I get into it, just cause like, I mean, you see a lot of transformations of, you know, before and after pics of people like in Instagram. And, um, I don't, I haven't seen personally a lot of live transformation, um, programs like as people are going along doing it. So yeah. maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. Um, yeah it's i don't know you don't see i haven't seen too many people from like an athletic standpoint doing doing the keto it's really popular in like the mm-hmm. middle-aged women um yeah which i didn't i didn't expect or know going into it at mm-hmm. all but yeah I'm, I'm trying to document it from like a bodybuilding perspective it'd be awesome <clears> if you document it you know from a strength <clears> coach perspective yeah so yeah. Where, where can people like where can people find you like you're, you're just starting this website you got the book where can people, I'm going to put all these links in the show notes. Where can they get in contact with you and check out what you got working on? Um, I mean, I have a, I have a bunch of different, uh, links. So my, uh, my Instagram is M Malakovic, 
underscore keto strong. Um, and I also have the keto underfit, uh, underscore fit underscore kitchen. Um, I haven't actually done anything with that yet. So it's just, it's just the, the page, but that's, where we're going to, you know, um, <clears throat> I'll have, uh, I have my, my personal Facebook page. Um, I think it's, uh, it's Malakovic Mike. Um, and I do have a, I do have a website, um, but I'm going to be changing it too. Cause I'm, um, it was my personal training website that I'm, um, I'm going to be switching just to a personal website. So it will be Mike Malakovic.com. But, um, right now it's M2 wellness co.com. Okay. And I'll, I'll put all these links in here because people okay. have a hard time spelling Malakovic. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? It's easy. It's like Smith, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, it has been cool, a man. pleasure, man. We'll, just, we'll yeah. do a round two for sure uh, as you start the, the 90 day challenge. And I'm anxious and eager to hear about how the food business turns out. And mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll be ordering a bag of kale chips from you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good, man. It's been, it's been fun. Yes, indeed. So you have a good, good one, talking Mike. with you. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right, bye-bye.